I'm Aethan, and this is The Market on the often imitated but never bettered 9320 player. The silly season is nearly over, and City is still alive. So joining me to talk transfers, as usual, I've got the legal Don, a distant relative to Steve Parrish, Mr. Lloyd Scrag. Morning, Lloyd. <laughs> Morning. How you doing? Oh, yeah, good. <laughs> good thing this is behind the paywall. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. That was an inside joke. That was fine. And I, I, I wasn't sure whether to call you a distant relative of Steve Parrish or just call you Mr. Lloyd Parrish. <laughs> yeah, the first is probably better. Excellent. Right. So let's cut to the chase. There's how many days are left now? Seven? Eight days left in the window? Yeah, I think first is the. It's the end, isn't it? First of September. Yeah. So nine days. There's nine days left in the transfer window. Um, general thoughts. I mean, obviously, it's been a pretty, it's been a pretty wild window for various reasons. But your kind of general thoughts on the window so far, and teams or players that might have caught your eye. It's been a nuts window, on it. Um, yeah. And that's not just for, not just from a city perspective. Um. Because you know, I think it's been it's been very up and down for us. I think getting Doku over the line does change things, but I still don't think it's been a good window. But I mean, generally, it's been it's been all over the place. There's the the two big disruptors have obviously been Chelsea over the last twelve months. Um, you know, their business in January, but also the business that they've done. This summer, I think, has totally sent everyone crazy and skewed things. And then, obviously, the Saudi factor has been a much bigger factor than I think most football fans and people just within football would have thought back in, I don't know, like May, June. Um, And so it's triggered some really insane fees. But I do think a lot of good business has been done as well. So I think if I'm looking across the league, there are two clubs that I look at and go, they've really done good business and neither of them are Arsenal actually. I would say Newcastle. Mm-hmm. I think at the stage they're at of their development, the four players that they've signed, so Tonali, it's obviously quite a lot of money, but you know, good player. Um, Ashley Bar- uh, Harvey Barnes, um, who again, you know, he's not an absolutely top player, is he? But I, I do think he gives them a lot of depth that they didn't have. And I still think he's a very good Premier League player and one that could get better. And then the two young fullbacks in Livermento and Lewis Hall are obviously ones for the future, but really good. Sorry, that's just the cat running around behind me. Um, really good signings for, yeah, not just now, but I think those two, particularly given they've got like Dan Byrne at left back. I think they're both really good signings. Yeah, I think so too. I think uh, Liveramento obviously is coming off the back of a bad injury, but you would think that he's recovered well enough if if they've uh, if they've decided to sign him. I really like him a lot. Um, Lewis Hall, I really like as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think overall their business has been really good. I think the interesting thing is, you know, like what you said about Harvey Barnes, like being like a very good Premier League player. Um, I think we have to remember that like, in a way, if you sign 11 really good Premier League players, you'll do really well and you'll probably finish in the top four. Um, 
because I, I don't think I think that there's a kind of there's a sort of snobbery sometimes around the idea of we will look at Europe for example and, and there'll be lads that that will come to the Premier League with a lot of hype and they'll come for big fees and you know everybody gets really excited about them but then you see them in the flesh and they're just they're not it um which is why more and more top half and big clubs prefer to buy from within the league because I just think that you know if, as I say you buy five or six very good Premier League players and you'll be a very good Premier League side um mm. and I think at the the kind of development curves in Newcastle are at as well Harvey Barnes is that is just the right type of player and it's it's the kind of player that City probably didn't sign enough of when we were at the similar kind of development curve. We, we obviously threw our hand at a lot, you know, a few like Adebayors and yeah, but uh, we got we got good. Milner and I think Milner and Barry and and Bridge. You know, I, I think yeah. they had a they had a go. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't it wasn't exclusively. Uh, the, the fact that Brian Marwood was there from really early on, I think helped mm. with that because Marwood was always really focused on the English market. It was kind of his job. Yeah, no, that's very fair. Th- th- those are good comparisons, I think. Yeah, Milner, Barry, Lescott, those kind of exactly. guys you just know are going are gonna to hit like a certain level. Um, I think the other team that have done interesting business as well is Villa. Musa Diaby looks really good which I think is not a shock to anyone. No, it's wild that nobody, it's wild that he's ended up at Aston Villa. Not, And that's not, I'm not talking Villa down because I think, you know, the sky's the limit when you have their kind of ambition and financing and, you know, you can, if you can move your way through whatever the financial regulations are and invest. So it's not that, it's just more like I really genuinely I thought he was like Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern, City. I genuinely mm. thought it was that level. Yeah, yeah agreed. Yeah. I, I was also surprised it was like Saudi and Villa for him. But I mean, from Villa's perspective, I think that's an amazing signing. Yeah. With a lot of upside where, you know, they could either he completely explodes for them or they flip him for silly money, in which case both are great, to be honest. Do you know what the fee was? 48 million so it's pretty big that it's it's big but it's also it's the right side in the sense that if he takes a developmental step yeah his next move will be 100 million pound do you know what i mean and and villa Mm. and villa win then it's uh the investment is not you know you're not taking a massive punt because he is so young and his ceiling seems so high yep completely agree um and then in terms of other guys, Villa signed, yeah, Pau Torres, someone City have certainly looked at. Probably slight doubts about his physicality, but obviously a good defender. Tielemans on a free. I think that's that's a good signing for Villa. Um, and then they've got Zaniolo from Galatasaray, who has been very highly rated, struggled a bit with injuries. But that, you know, that's that's one that when you take him on the lane, um, I think there's a lot of upside there as well. So I, I I look at those two as as the two clubs that I think have done really solid business. And then around the league, there's obviously been smatterings of good signings. Like I think Rice will be an obvious hit. Timber looked brilliant prior to the injury. Um, you know, from a city perspective, I think it's really good that he's gone down with an injury. Um, because he looked to have changed things a bit for them. Chelsea have signed a few good players. Liverpool did some good early business, then shut the bed. So 
there has been plenty to talk about. I mean, you could do your own, own podcast on Chelsea and Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Do you think, like, obviously from a title point of view, um, before we talk about City and, and maybe whether we've gone backwards or forwards or, or the kind of how the profile of the squad is, has changed, um, has anybody significantly bridged the gap for you? And I know it's kind of a loaded question because it's early in the season and who knows, but just instinctively, is there anybody that you look at and you go, yeah, okay, they're going to be closer to City this year? I think only Arsenal have, have moved their needle. I, I wouldn't say they've bridged the gap in that they're now they sit like alongside City, but there's no doubt Arsenal have a better squad this season than they do last season. And I think particularly if Timber hadn't done his injury, mm. I think they would be really strong. I mean, Havertz is getting a lot of stick already, you know. Mate, I went to the game on Monday and, and? he was anonymous. Yeah. He was anonymous. I mean, I, I like the idea of him playing in that number eight more than I do him playing up front for obvious reasons. because. One thing Havertz is good at is he wins a lot of duels. He's good in the air. You know, he, he can do that off the ball stuff, but. That's still a dream. Yeah, I'm still unconvinced that he can um, really cut it as like a creative, you know, final third player that can be decisive. But, and it, it's a big punt at that money, but, you know, it's better for them than bringing on Fabio Vieira, probably, you know, which they were doing last season. Really? I mean,. He seemed really good when they he he came for a decent fee, came with a big pedigree, you know. I, I, every the the flashes of him that I saw, he looked really good. Yeah, maybe I. Is it, I, I was a thing. Yeah, I just thought he looked a bit lightweight, and I thought when it push came to shove, the fact that Arteta just didn't play him in the league was quite. That's true. Yeah, that's true. But then. And then the goalie situation at Arsenal is really interesting. So I think Rye is better than Ramsdale, but Ramsdale's played so far. So that's obviously, that's definitely one to keep an eye on. I think it's one that could blow up in their face just because it, you rarely have two goalies of that level. And I think the nature of what Arsenal fans are like when things go wrong, I imagine if like Ramsdale lets a goal or two in, they'll, they'll just be early shouts for Rye to come in, won't they? Mm. Um, and I mean, then I, what happens if the reverse happens again? Do you, do you switch them again? Um, hard to know. Do you do you get behind the idea that you need to have an established number one? Like, I, I don't believe in like like the idea of like competition for places in the goalkeeper position. I don't think it works like that. I think what you need is you need a number two who's good enough that if the number one is terrible for three weeks, then he's out and your number two comes in, and he'll just play until he makes a rick, which he inevitably will, and then your number one will come back. Yeah, I I, I agree. I do agree with like what Neville and Carragher have been saying in the media. I miss that. Yeah, they, they were just like, similar to what you, it's good, you need a solid number two, but you can't have guy, two guys that are just genuine number ones yeah. and have been in their career. Um, I mean, we kind of tried it for a bit, didn't we? With like when we had Hart and Shea Given, and we had the period where we had like um, Kasper Schmeichel and Isaacson and Hart. And you're going back a long way there. <laughs> I, know, I, just, I, I remember it. I remember it. But um, yeah, I think 
I think you need, I think what City have got is almost like the perfect situation. So you've got someone in Edison who's the number one, but you've got a guy in Ortega who is probably now, he's probably good enough to be a number two at a lot of like high level clubs, maybe the odd Champions League club, but he's not clearly better than Edison or clearly on a level with Edison yet. Um, and so he obviously has pushed Edison, which has been great because he hasn't had that. But it's, I don't think it's a Raya Ramsdale situation. Where, whereas I say, I think Raya's better than Ramsdale. And so I don't think it'll be long before he takes his place. Interesting. Um, before we before we kind of get on to City, last, uh, last little thing I wanted to ask you about. Uh, I see Mason Mount is getting a lot of stick at United and, and, and Ten Hag in general is... Uh, is taking a lot of stick. Um, I, personally, I, I do think it's a little bit justified in that I think that you know spent a, they spent a lot of money on like Anthony and, and Martinez and and there's a, and Sancho. There's a few lads there who just don't look any better than they did a year ago. And I think I expected you you would expect having had a full year two full summer transfer windows and a January transfer window all that time with all those players. Plus you get to bring big, you know, Mason Mount comes with, with a big reputation. You get a lot of what you want. You get to spend a lot of money. They don't look much better, do they? Probably argue they look worse. You could think Mm. from the first two. Yeah. United have not been good. They created a lot of chances in the Spurs game, but they just didn't score. But they were, I mean, I think we all watched the Wolves game, didn't we? They were they were really bad in that game. Um, they should have lost that game, never mind drawn. And they obviously got robbed, Wolves did, with the penalty in the last minute. So, mm. yeah, they, just, they don't look like a team that's been together for a year. And I think when you come up against, like, Postacoglu's Spurs, who's, you know, he's literally been in the in the building two months, and they look more cohesive, more well-coached, that's a problem mm. for United. That's I think that's a problem. And when, yeah, when when you've now spent the money that Ten Hag has spent, because, you know, you're right to point out, he's, he, he's dropped some big fees and they've signed, you know, they've signed three big players this summer, Onana, Mount and Hoyland, that it's, it's totally fair for there to be expectation, there to be pressure. And on the Mount one in particular, well, that ended up being a massive fee, didn't it? Really, given that he was one yes. year left, and I think the fact that he's he's got injured and has been quite bad in both games early doors. Well, you kind of you do leave yourself open to that. Uh, the money mace <laughs> chat will be will be reverberating around Old Trafford, and I think that does just that does really stink of a modern Man United signing. Right up to now, I'm not saying Mount won't improve. I'm sure he will. Uh, he's obviously a very solid Premier League player, but but to have spent that much money, him drop two relative stinkers and then be injured, it's that's just classic Man United. Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our content, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.